three. Hey, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Good morning. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. With me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am good. I am good. I'm excited for this episode. It's always one of my favorite ones when we get to talk about some of the guys down on the farm. Even going back to several years ago, we had a guy that we talked about. It was probably in 2019, I think. And we talked about Sean Jelly and 6'11 starter. He was probably in A ball, double A at the time. And we're like, hey, this is a really cool guy. Just he's 6'11. He gets nothing but ground balls. Made his debut, I believe, Thursday night uh, or Friday night. And uh, he was just optioned today. But, you know, hey, he made it to the pros. It's a guy we talked about a long time ago. And I'm sure most of the guys we talk about today will find themselves in the big leagues sooner or later. Yeah, uh, and that's the fun part. I mean, this is always a fun show because uh, I don't know, just something about looking into who's up, who's coming up next, and and it's kind of irrelevant because uh, I don't know about you, Sean, but it feels like we've seen so many uh, young, what do you call it, uh, highly anticipated baseball players get called up sooner, a lot sooner than what we're used to. Uh, Royce Lewis this week, uh, Jose Miranda for the Twins as well. Um, it held the fact that Julio Rodriguez made it to the big league club right off, right after uh, spring training was kind of shocking to me because I wasn't expecting that. Uh, MJ Melendez, so guys like that. Now those are the more uh, known commodities of, in, in terms of the minor league players. So, but uh, you never know. I mean, the part of the other fun about this is looking for those guys that are not as hyped up. And um, Sean, I know you have my, I, you must have uh, received it not too long ago. The uh, the spreadsheet that we're going to be oh. using for today's episode. Yep. Uh, and I looked at some of the, uh, the class there that we talked about from previous years and I see Josh Lowe. I mean, he hasn't panned out, but, <laughs> but, but he made, still out. he made it, he made it, <laughs> he did make it. Uh, John Duran was, that was one of my guys. He's, he went from being a starting pitching prospect to now, uh, someone that the twins are relying upon as a reliever, uh, Clark Schmidt, who we know, um, I think Helio Ramos even got called up or did I dream that? No, he was he was up. He was um, he might still be up, honestly, but yeah. I do know he was up. Uh, Pavin Smith, that was your guy. So uh, Jonathan India, Jonathan India, that's an interesting name because he was kind of forgotten him, and I I think he was one of my guys that I picked, and I was like, don't forget about Jonathan India. He's a fallen star, but don't forget about him. And, <laughs> and but the the real inspiration came from last year's minor league show where we we said you know let's screw the screw the rankings. Because uh, the problem with the rankings, Sean, as you know, is that they're both uh, subjective and they're dynamic. Yeah. The number one prospect does not stay the number one prospect. A good example is Royce Lewis, who was at one point like a can't-miss prospect. Number one pick in the draft for, uh, uh, what, 2017, I believe? Yeah. Um, and he went from being like number one, number two, number three, and due to struggles and uh, injuries yeah. – he fell down to what 62, 70th around there. Yeah, he, he had a, a really rough 2019 season in the minors. And then 2020, of course, was a lost season for all minor leaguers. And then going yeah. into the 2021 season, he tore his ACL. But he was a guy that when I worked for the Biscuits, I got to see him one time. And I was talking to one of the scouts, and I'm like, I know Royce Lewis is like a, a prime guy. I said, but just scouting his stat line, you're like, he hasn't he doesn't put up numbers. And then, of course, Royce Lewis goes out there and he is like, hits a, he went three for four at the home run and a triple. And it was just like, you could see all the physical tools and abilities. And I was like, oh, that's why he's a top 10 prospect. 
Right. And then he got off to a really hot start this year. Carl, uh, Correa has the injury scare. They call him up. I'm not sure how he did or if they've even played him yet, but I think, yeah, he got one hit. Or oh, there you like go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, he so, did get one hit because he had his first hit and Miranda had his first home run. That's right. Yeah. I remember so seeing the balls for it. You know, the twin, it's going to be the twins year when all, even their uh, minor leaguers are starting to contribute almost yeah. immediately. I, I, you know, I used to know that feeling, Sean, as a White Sox fan, I used to know that feeling too well. <laughs> and then the prospects started to stop coming up for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and then, in the well, like I was saying, that we some of the pictures that we talked about, like lesser known pictures, like pictures that were not even on, on anybody's list. Um, you guys, like last year, we talked about Aaron Ashby, who we haven't been able to stop talking about him seemingly all offseason long. And now it looks like he's in the finally in the rotation. It's a six man yeah. rotation, but he's in the rotation. Yeah, uh, it's Robert, weird because, like, when they're set up to have an off day, like, he'll come out of the bullpen and throw like two or three innings. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't have him in my in the lineup. <laughs> I could have used uh, those innings. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, another guy, Ravar San Martin, who got off to a pretty decent start last year, but he did get called down last night. He did get called down. He did not have a good start this yeah. year. I, I mean, he had a couple of rough starts. You know, they were like at Cincinnati and then. He had uh, eight runs at Cincinnati, and then his next start at Coors Field, and it's like that's that. If you're a pitcher, yeah. that that kills you. Oh, absolutely. So he's gonna need some more fine tuning. Jackson Cower, who we talked about last week, actually, uh, as someone who might still contribute to the Royals this year. Uh, we're not holding our breath, but he does have some pedigree there. Yep. And of course, one of our favorite guys. I had to bring it up last year, Joe Ryan. And now Joe Ryan, if you don't have Joe Ryan, you're missing out on a guy with good control. And it's just uh, he's one part. Of, he's a huge reason why the twins uh, rotation looks pretty steady right now, with, even with Bailey over and Sonny Gray being hurt. Uh, and of course, Alexander Wells and uh, Kyle Bradish. He's helping running uh, with the uh, Orioles right now. And then we're still waiting on your guys, Graham Ashcraft, Caleb Killian, Michael Plassmeyer, Logan Allen, the other Logan Allen, not the Look, current Logan Allen. I, I know one Logan, Logan Allen just got uh he got waived by Cleveland, and I think Baltimore picked him up. I'm oh, not okay. sure if it's that Logan Allen or the other Logan Allen. <laughs> uh, well, the Logan Allen that you brought up was in Double A, so we found that it's so frustrating. The Guardians, like they're like the, we we want two of everything. We want two Logan Allen. Right? <laughs> uh, Jose Buto and Jay oh Jameson. he and he might be on next week's show. He, we might have to double dip on Jose Buto because he's yeah, at man. the highest level and he's having his best year yet. Absolutely. I, I really think he and he's on the 40 man roster, which is a, a huge implication for these guys, whether we see him this year or not often is are they on the 40 man? Jose Buto is on the 40 man. Yeah, we can always I love doing the where are they now uh, of total bases past lore. And, uh, and the last guy you mentioned was Jay Jamison. Uh, this was around the uh, 2021 uh, season. We just decided, hey, you know what? Oh, oh, yeah. The reason was, you know what? There's like no pitchers anymore. The pitchers are gone. There's nobody on waiver. Let's look at the minor leasers and see if anybody would be called up just based on their, um, what do you call it? Based on their uh, production that they have down there. Yeah. Screw, like I said, screw the list. Screw. Not that those lists have no value. I mean, that's, I mean, we're going to find out right away how valuable those lists are. But am I, this for this week's show, I just want to look to see who was producing and who looks intriguing just based on the numbers down low. So if I may, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. And thank you for that. That's not the right screen. Sorry about that. <laughs> I have so many screens. Is it this one? This is. Oh, this is number three. OK. All righty, then. Well, there number we three, are. My Lord. Number three. <laughs> oh, number three with fries and a drink. 
and I'll make it a little bit bigger so the kids at home can see it and not complain. Hey, I don't have my reading glasses on. All right. So there it is. We have 12 names. We figured we could talk about each guy for about five minutes. That's about one hour right there. And the first guy up on the list is Shane Langoliers. Shane Langoliers. Wasn't that like a Stephen King thing? Um, movie or, I, am, or, I am not sure. The Langoliers, something about, anyway, Gremlins and Airplanes, I don't know. Uh, age 24 out of AAA. Now, this is one of the guys who was uh, traded from the Atlanta Braves to the Oakland Athletics for in the Matt Olson deal, along with Christian Pache and two other minor leaguers, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's a catching. I figure, well, let's put him up on the board because, as you know, Sean, catchers, uh, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a no. lot of, uh, out there. We, we complained about pitchers last year. Catching has just – the cover's bare, man. I, I remember when Tyler Stevenson was hurt earlier in the year with a concussion. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. Musical, musical chair is at catcher. And I looked around, and all the catchers are gone. There's not a single <laughs> useful catcher in waiver wire right now. So next thing to do is just look at the minor leagues and maybe take a chance on Shane Langoliers. Again, six six foot flat, 205 uh, weight. 205 pounds, I should say. He's a second-ranked uh, prospect in the Oakland Athletics, number 72 in the Fangraphs, 100, or sometimes the 120. It seems like the list keeps rising and rising. Um, <laughs> we are expected to see him sometime this year. Uh, there's his, oops, there's his uh, scouting report, so to speak, the hit tool, the game power. The, so the power is a part of his game, and he's a pretty decent fielder. Lighting up the minor leagues right now as of uh, Thursday stats uh, with a 480 Woba and a 185 WRC plus. And here's what we have so far uh, in terms of the my my attempt to do a scouting report on the guy. He has shown good power in the minors, has limited strikeouts in 2022, can lift the ball consistently. But it, does he have fluky home run power? Because I remember seeing uh, some of the batted balls, Sean, and I wanted to ask you about this. But let me see if I could find it. It might have changed since uh, Thursday, but he has a double digit pop up rate and a 33 0.3% home run per fly ball rate. Are those numbers concerning to you in terms of the power there? Well, it's also down there in AAA in the PCL. So I'm expecting elevated power numbers, which you're, you're talking 11 home runs in 26 games. There's a lot of noise there. Um, and it makes me think it is a lot of the, the PCL. Uh, but Langlier's is a guy who I heard, I've always been very kind of sketchy on his hit tool. Um, when you looked at him in 2021, you know, the majority of the season he spent in double A and he had a strikeout percentage of 26%. And, you know, it was a good slash line. It was a 128 WRC plus, but 258, 338, 498. And I was just, I'm like, is he going to make enough contact? Because if you're in double A and you're striking out 26% of the time, but I did hear that their ballpark in the, in Mississippi, the Mississippi Braves was extremely, extremely pitcher friendly and that his uh, road splits were drastic. Anytime he would leave that ballpark, he did really well. But then I think about, okay, so he got out of a good ball or a bad ballpark for hitters. Now he's in the PCL, which is a great ballpark for hitters. And he's doing great. What happens when he comes up to the big leagues and he has to hit in Oakland? <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptic, but he's definitely kind of pushing away some of my doubts with this extremely good start. And to see the strikeout rate come down almost like 10% is extraordinary. And, and this is a very tough um, player to pick from my, from the litter here for myself because I'm the guy who says, don't trust any catching prospects. They'll only let you down. Uh, but I've also been saying in the past year, hey, you know what? With the way the game is going right now, 
you may not have a choice but to trust them. I mean, I was high yeah. on Kyber Ruiz at Lee Rushman. I was encouraging everybody, hey, draft them. You, you never know. Might as well go for it. Uh, and of course, Dalton Varshall last year, just because of uh, the fact that he probably won't be catching. And sure enough, anybody who picks Dalton Varshall is probably happy with themselves right now. Although, honestly, I haven't even checked. Uh, is Dalton Varshall doing okay this year? I know he's not catching. Yeah, he's stolen some bases. He's hit for a, more power, I guess, than people realize. But the average is kind of meh. He hasn't really gotten hot, but he's basically playing everyday center field. Uh, has only caught, I think, a couple of games. Listen, man, showing up is half the battle, right? And you cannot say that Dalton Barstow has to do a catching split with some uh, with uh, what's this guy? What's the guy's name? Carson Kelly. Yeah, or Carson whoever Kelly. Whoever the backup catcher is over there. Okay, uh, so I'm, yeah, he's actually but, granted uh, Varsho's line. You wouldn't think he has a one twenty nine WRC plus. You're like, wow, that's insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it comes at a, well, I guess he's over 800 OPS. 479 slug is really carrying it. Six home runs in the first 28 games. Mm-hmm. Only two stolen bases. Are we worried about Varsha's stolen bases? But yeah, he's a one and a half wooden player right now, which is kind of insane to think about. Hey, man, it's two stolen bases. That's more than you can expect for almost like uh, any catcher throughout the year. <laughs> 70% of catchers, right? Catcher only. Uh, 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 players in fantasy. Uh, well, the other, here's the thing: Sean Murphy, right? He's the current catcher for the Oakland Athletics, right? Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not saying that Shane Langlaire is going to supplant him, but I'm just trying to look to see who else can he kind of uh, uh, usurp here for the Oakland Athletics. Maybe you could play DH on a regular basis. I mean, are, are the A's going to throw Jet Lowry on a daily basis just to see what Jet Lowry can do to help this team win? No, you might as well just put Shane Langoliers out there. Or can he do first base? Seth Brown, do we want to do we want to see more Seth Brown at first base? We know I'm, what Seth Brown is. I mean, I really just think it's going to be Sean Murphy's traded because I think he's their most tradable asset right now. And I oh, thought he yeah. I thought he I thought he was going to go before the season even started. I thought Murphy made great sense for the Yankees. After, you know, there was some talk that the Yankees had talked to Oakland about Olsen. And then after the Olsen deal, it's like, hey, that line of communication is still open. But, uh, yeah, uh, Sean Murphy, you know, off to a slow start. So probably waiting on him to get, you know, a little bit better in terms of production this year. And then, of course, wait for the team that gets the inevitable injury on a contender at catcher. And then they start panicking. Yeah, and then, like and then and yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that'd be an interesting one right there. Murphy to Cleveland, if Cleveland can hang on as the season yeah. goes along. Yeah, um, we'll see about that. But knowing Cleveland, they probably wouldn't do it because number one, he doesn't play for the Padres, so it seems like the Guardians, <laughs> the Guardians only want to trade with the Padres. It seems like, uh, and right now, the thing that's hurting him now, I, I that's if you believe in these numbers is the defensive run save. He's not off uh, Murphy. Sean Murphy is not off to a really good start here. Uh, negative four DRS at the moment. Uh, but the thing that is valuable right now is his framing as he ranks pretty yeah. decently. Yeah. As he, a framer. He, he's been a solid framer the last couple of years. Um, just looking at the DRS, the, the run component uh, that goes into a lot of it. He has a minus four catcher's ERA, which is kind of like, okay, maybe it's just Oakland's pitchers suck. <laughs> maybe that's not all on Sean Murphy. <laughs> and I just wanted to check one more thing because I'm out here on my high horse hey, hey, talking about how bad catchers are. I'm telling you, I couldn't find one to replace. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I found Max Stasi, hoping that some of the stack cast numbers were kind of uh, turned into production last week or the couple weeks ago, and that didn't work out too well for me. Uh, all right, so we got okay, MJ Melendez, but again, that's a prospect. 
Go out and yeah. get MJ Melendez because you never know. Uh, Ryan Jeffers. Do we want to trust Ryan Jeffers? Where even is Je- isn't Jeffers not in Minnesota anymore? He's still with the Twins, man. Still I thought he got traded. Yeah, that's we all thought we, he did. And uh, no, he's still with the Twins. Trying to figure things out. Oh, that's out. what it was. We thought he was going to be a, a solid. He, they were going to bump him up to be a starter when they traded Garver to Texas. And then not even 24 hours later, they traded for Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, Jeffers is playing every other day if he's lucky. Uh, yeah. Francisco Mejia for the Tampa Bay Rays. Do we want Francisco Mejia on this? Uh, I know he's off to a good start, but we've, you know, very been there done that. Been, been there, done that. Been there, done well, that. Actually, right? with Zanino being like, Terrible for Tampa. Um, Mejia might get more and more playing time. All right, so there you go. We got one guy who's available out of uh, three so far. Jonah Heim. I know we talked about him last week, but I believe he's still part time. Time part time, yeah. right? So, I mean, no. the, how many teams are are using a primary catcher though? I mean, that's the it, mm-hmm. it's going the way of the dodo bird. So yeah, okay, but Sean, it's relative, right? So is he is Jonah Heim going to play every other day and do a, a complete split, or is he going to do once every four play, days, <laughs> which is what he's doing right now? He play he'll play two games like once every three days, four days, five days, and then, yeah, it, it's it, it's a lot of uh, you know dotted lines that I'm seeing here that well, him not playing. Uh, let's see, the, the, the Danny Jansen's on the IL, but is he coming back soon? Uh, he had an oblique injury. He was off to that hot, hot start, got an oblique injury. And, you know, those are usually kind of iffy. So Do we'll see. trust him? Because it looks like he's, uh, he's I've all, I've, I have always liked Danny Jansen. Yeah. Um, if he's healthy and he's, he was playing, he was getting the majority of the playing time at catcher in Tampa, especially because he was hitting well. Um, but yeah, it's just how he comes back from that injury. We'll see. Uh, let's see. And then the, the Shane Langoliers is getting a bump in, 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 according to CVS sports, he's getting a bump in ownership rate. He went from 6% to 7%. It's not a lot, but there might be a, a trend going upwards. Otherwise go with some old veterans like Tucker Barnhart or Martin Maldonado. Hey, th- those guys will always be around on the waiver. <laughs> yeah. So good luck with that. And I'm sure there's other guys that we haven't mentioned, like who have been dropped, like the Gary Sanchez's of the world. He's available. Go, go get him if you want him. Um, Zach Collins, Austin Nola, Carson Kelly, Joey Bart, Sean Murphy, who we just talked about. So you can go with the safe veterans in this situation, or you could just roll the dice and wait, uh, put Shang Ling leaders on your bench and hope for the best, right? Either way. <laughs> Let's move to one of your guys, Tristan Casas, who's probably the highest ranked uh, player on this list. Uh, yes, no, he's not actually. Wow, okay. But he is uh, the highest ranked player. Uh, in terms of team rankings, he's the number one prospect yeah. with the Boston Red Sox, and that is Tristan Casas. So let me quickly go through what we have on the spreadsheet. 22-year-old well, AAA. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, Francisco Alvarez will also be the number one when Fangraphs finally gets around to doing uh, the Mets. Uh, there is not a doubt in my mind he will be the oh, number yeah. one prospect of their team. But, yes, Casas is also a number one for the Red Sox. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Sick. There's no doubt about that. That's one of the frustrating things is with going with Fangraphs is I did not realize that they were still – Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that maybe they thought that the that the lockout was going to last forever. That's <laughs> well, it's like st- I, I've seen them like in years past, like go until like early May, but yeah. it's like a week in demand. There's still like a handful of teams that haven't been done yet. So I thought yeah. that was interesting. You know what they need? They need us to just quit our day jobs and help them with their minor league. Prospect yeah, reports. They, they, yeah, they still have 10 teams to go. <laughs> 10. That's a third. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they're going crazy. I mean, did you see that the Dodgers, they got 50, the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's like, there's like 60 and 70 on some teams. It's, it's absolutely insane. Fudge, man. You, at one point, they're going to go to a hundred. That's why it's taking so long. The top 100 prospects of each team. (laughs) No, the Baltimore Orioles. Like, really? (laughs) If the Baltimore Orioles had 100 viable prospects, they wouldn't be so bad. Oh, shoot, and Baltimore this year has 45. <laughs> 45? Holy crap. Yeah, 45, and that's not including, like, the little blurbs they do at the bottom for pitchers, you know, young pitchers, young hitters, whatever. Bro. Yeah, that's oh, – man. It, it really is amazing what they do, but it's like, holy crap. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot of information to take in. But, hey, we're using it, right? We're, it's, yeah. it's, it's viable. It's useful. It's, it's important. So, I mean, more power to them. But hurry up. <laughs> we, won, we won our team rankings, damn it. And uh, yeah, I do. If you guys can hear my baby crying, I do apologize for that. Happy Mother's Day. I appreciate my wife taking care of the baby on a Sunday morning on uh, on this glorious Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. If I didn't mention it already, happy Mother's Day to your mother, Sean. Oh, thank you. I didn't mention it to I, I already called her and texted her. I saw mine yesterday because I'm not coming over on Sunday. So it's either today, or, <laughs> today or tomorrow. And my mom's like, well, fine, just get her over with. And I'm not in a celebratory mood this year, so I don't know. Anyway. Uh, as Sean was mentioning, Casas, number one uh, prospect for the Red Sox, number 17th overall in the Fangraphs top 120 to 125. They say the Fangraphs top 100, and then they keep putting players like, who's the other? Oh, like your guy right here, Vinny Pasquantino, number 113. So I'm just going to say that they have a, they're up to 125 at this point. <laughs> uh, Casas is an ET at 2023, but I don't know, Sean. Uh, he, he's coming up this year. Yeah, he, there's there's not a no way in hell he does not play for the Red Sox this year. You, you, I will put money on it, and somebody can come collect if they want to. That's what it's looking like. But I, I mean, the, the Red Sox are playing Franchi Cordero okay, at first I base. Know, I didn't realize he was still in the league. Yeah, I mean, I like Franchi Cordero. I, I mean, he he was funny. He hit the ball really hard. He ran really fast. But I guess he's put on some weight and he plays first base now. That was um, a very interesting Padres outfield for a while. You have Framiel Reyes, Franchi Cordero, Hunter Renfro, and I'm missing a guy. Probably what Miguel um, for the Rays now. Uh, uh, Manuel Margot. Manuel Margot. I was going to call him Miguel Miguel Conforto, <laughs> but no Manuel Margot. And who knows? I'm probably missing a bunch of other outfielders. But yeah, and not a single one of them is with the Padres at the moment. So, like I said, it's dynamic, right? Just because you're a top, highly ranked prospect for your team doesn't mean you're actually going to be there when the team gets good. Um, anyway, so here's Casas' uh, 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 scouting report according to Fangraphs. Good hit tool, great power. With great power comes great responsibility, right, Sean? Yeah, there you go. And, and a 55 future value, hitting the ball pretty well at, in the minor leagues at 369. Uh, Woba, 123 uh, WRC+. Plus. And here's what Sean had to say about him. Light tower power. Can shorten up with two strikes, and he has a clear path to playing time in the majors, as you mentioned, with Frenchie Cordero. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck was the guy that they really wanted to give the position to. Yeah. He's gotten off to a rough start, and then they've tried a couple of different guys over there, and it's really not working out. And when – I'm going to go ahead and you just put this out as the disclaimer. For the six guys I picked, um, I had a couple of criteria that I wanted them to meet. Uh, I picked them out on, I believe it was Thursday or Friday. So it has changed a little bit, but I wanted all of my guys with how you know funky early season numbers can be. I wanted to see the guys that were at least a 125 WRC plus, you know, 25% greater than their league's average for, you know, each individual minor league. And they had to have a below 300 BABIP. I wanted to see the guys that were maybe getting a little unlucky. And especially with some of these guys who we know have great quality of contact guys like Tristan Costas, Francisco Alvarez, who we'll get to later. 
all of these guys were sub 300 BABIPs. And so these are guys that, even though they've gotten off to maybe good starts, are going to get even better. And Tristan Cassis is one of those guys who I put in the blurb has light tower power. I'm beginning to think he doesn't want to hit for that light tower power. He is rather, you know, he wants to have a competitive AB. He's walking nearly 15% of the time, striking out only 23% of the time. And this is with a, a exactly 300 BABIP. He's batting 257, 370 on base, 475 slugging. He has the power in him, but I think he's more Joey Votto. I, I think he just wants to, to work the counts, and then when he gets to two strikes, he's trying to get on base. But uh, definitely, especially with that lineup, if he can get pushed into it and be around the guys like Xander Bogards, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, uh, he could be a huge impact player. Uh, I like him. I like Tristan Casas, but of course, I'm always worried about the left-handed uh, hitters, as you know. Of course but, you are. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big boy. The other thing I noticed about uh, our list here is that we you you tend to go after the little guys, and I tend to go out for the big hulky masses. Hey, I, year, I, I, my two first basemen were big big dudes. Well, I, well I'm talking about in years past, you've yeah. done that before, and then it's always the reverse where I pick the big guys. And look, look at my guys here. Uh, the tallest guy is uh, 6'2". Uh, the biggest guy is 6'2", 224, Luis Garcia, who we're going to talk about in a bit. And then your guy, 6'4", 6'4", 6'2", 6'4". Got a bunch of 6'4 dudes out there. Well, so, Francisco yeah. Alvarez is only like, I mean, he's listed at 5'10". I, oh, I don't think. I don't 233 think he, oh, pounds. He's yeah, built that, like a tank. Did I, did I tell you the story about they were trying to use the pitch comm with him in yeah. spring training in Buck Showalter? I think it was a joke, but with how Buck sounds, you don't really know when he's joking and when he's being serious. Yeah. He said they tried to get the pitch comm for him, but it wouldn't fit on his forearm because <laughs> it was too damn big. The forearm was. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But now I was going to say my biggest guy is uh, 6'2", 224, Luis Garcia, who we'll talk about, uh, assuming that we're done with uh, Tristan Cassis. But yeah, 6'4", 252-pounder is Tristan Cassis. Uh, no, I, I like him a lot. Um even if he's left-handed, it's okay. I'm not going to hold that against him. And uh, there's a lot to like here. And uh, never mind the 2023 uh, ETA. I, I'm also on board with you, Sean. He will be called up sooner rather than later. There's a lot to love about the kid. Um, kid, what, how old is he? 22 years old. He's only 22 years old. So he's yeah. not like a, um, like a what do you call it? A, a late bloomer of sorts. And he's he probably might be the real deal. But uh, we won't know it until he's up and running here with the um, – with the big league club in Boston. Uh, anything else you need to add about Tristan Cassis before we move on? No, he, he's likely added in any probably significant dynasty league that allows the roster spots. But even in some redraft, I, I'd be getting ready because I, I think Boston is running out of patience at first base right now. I mean, they're at the bottom of the league. or uh, I, I believe they were last in the standings in the American League East. So, wow. you know, they're, they're going to have to do something quick here. Uh, yeah, they're 10 and 18. They have the worst record in the American League East. They're tied with the Orioles and wins at 10. Holy so. crap. Yeah, they're going to have to do something and do something fast. Dude, imagine being worse than the Orioles. But I mean, we, we <laughs> listen, when we talked about when we did the preview show uh, for the teams, we, we did like a lot of the Orioles players. I, I didn't know they were going to be better than the Red Sox. Good, though. I mean, they're, uh, they're still bad, but I mean, they both have 10 wins. It's just one of those. <laughs> uh 
Well, Cassis is a ownership rate over at CBS Sports is at thirty percent. Of course, in my keeper league, he's already owned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thirty percent. So, like Sean says, if you have a chance, go get him. Uh, okay, so let's go to Na- the Nationals. Luis Garcia. This is kind of my reclamation project, my post hype prospect sleeper, so to speak. He's uh, for, and this is Luis Garcia for the Washington Nationals, the one with the date of birth of May 16, two thousand. So his birthday's coming up soon. But yeah, oh. as you know, Sean, there's like a million. Luis Garcia's on fan graphs, and there's no way to differentiate uh, them at all. So, yeah, the, good luck hunting them, hunting him down if you're just doing a simple search for him. Well, Go I ahead. think his thing will be, uh, at least on fan graphs, no, that's the wrong Luis Garcia. I was about to say, he's already played in the majors, so he should show up under the Major League Player tab. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be him if I can click on it. Yeah, uh, you tell me which one is it? Yeah, Luis Garcia, AAA Washington Nationals, twenty-one years old. Yeah, uh, there we go. Because he he shows up under the major league tab because he did make his debut during the COVID year and then played a little bit last year as well. Yeah, and uh, so far his uh, major league debut, uh, his major league seasons have uh, kind of been underwhelming. Um, so a lot of work to do, but in the minors, I mean, he crushes it. So second baseman, 6'2", 224 pounds. So he's kind of, uh, I don't know if that's, I guess that's pretty big for a position. I mean, it just looks big because all my guys are kind of short and small. I mean, 6'2", I've, I've seen him and well, yeah. at least on TV. Yeah. I'm not sure he's 6'2", but okay. you know that I, I, he might just be getting a little generous call there. Okay. All right. Well, the nationals are, are, are cooking the numbers. I get it. Uh, <laughs> left-handed, uh, hitter. Uh, and now these are the 20, this is from the 2020 report. It looks like those, he, cause he's already con- considered a graduate of the prospect system yeah. over at Fangraph. So this is the 2020 at tw- in 2020, they had him as a number one prospect for the nationals 81st overall uh, with the ETA of 2021, which actually did happen. Right. Yeah. 20, actually 2020. Yeah. He 20, yeah, yeah. He came up during the COVID year and his, uh, his big thing was that he had the hit tool, uh, some latent raw power, not a lot of speed, but his future value was going to be 50. Uh, and then like, of course, uh, it didn't show up in the majors, but right now he's at 454 Woba WRC plus of 178. And here's again, my attempt to uh, be a scout here. Disappointing in the bigs free swinger has a really high ground ball rate has shown the ability to get on base and be productive in the minors. He does a good job limiting his strikeouts. Um, so that so the Nationals aren't going anywhere, right? They might as well just see if, if if Garcia can figure things out in the minors and then eventually call him up and see if he can uh, get some more time in the majors to see uh, if they can finally get him used to big league pitching. Right now they have Cesar Hernandez as a second baseman, and it's only a matter of time before they say, you know what, we're not going anywhere. We better start looking for the future. We're in dead last. We're worse than the Phillies, goddammit. Um, and then what, uh, who else would be an option for the, for the Phillies here? I'm looking at what's uh, D Gordon, another veteran. Yeah. And he's, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. So what we have here is a second baseman who could potentially hit 20 plus home runs. If it all works out well, at least that's my estimation. What do you need to, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, Luis Garcia kid from uh, the nationals. I don't know. I think in, like you said, in the fan graphs blurb, it says he has remarkable bat control which makes me think for his profile, which is the free swinging nature, as the blurb also says, probably not a good thing. Uh, he's one of those guys, almost like Kybert Ruiz, who is like, oh, if I see the ball, I can hit the ball. <laughs> and that leads to a lot of unproductive outs. You know, you look at his 
uh, batted ball page. And like you said, lots of ground ball percentages basically never goes beneath 50. And that's like, you're playing into the pitcher's hand. The guy throws the pitch and you might be able to hit the pitch, but it's not the most hittable pitch. And unless he gets out of that, I'm, I don't buy him get gaining much power. Um, maybe he's just a, an average uh, high, or, you know, solid average low on base. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical of Luis Garcia. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. And I'm usually not a big fan of that either, but I still, I mean, he's still only 22 years old. Uh, he'll be 22 in uh, later this uh, upcoming week. Uh, so, and the nationals aren't going anywhere. I mean, but he, there has to be some sort of like aha moment for a guy of his pedigree. At least that's the hope. And that's why I picked him. And he's off to another good start in AAA right now. Uh, and we've seen hitters. And that's something I'm trying to be better at is have more of an open mind to these hitters. Hell, most of those guys live in the White Sox, you know, no. Tim, the Tim Anderson's of the world, except that this guy can actually, like you said, he does a better job controlling the strike zone. Uh, and the reason he's such a free swinger is, be- I'm sorry, the reason he uh, doesn't strike out a lot is because he is a free swinger and is able to make lots of contact. No. At least that's the thought process here for a guy who uh, is able to do that, not, not strike out as, as, as high of a rate as uh, many other major league hitters do. Basically, he's the 2014-2015 Kansas City Royals, right? Basically, basically. (laughs) if you put nine Luis Garcias on the field at one time and transport them back to 2015, they'll beat the Mets, right? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. I mean, or or if anything, they'll they'll probably be, you know, a bunch of Houston Astros players who know which pitch is coming, right? I I mean, if, if Luis Garcia does develop power, that's the way this profile works. And that's like why I'm more agreeable to Kyber Ruiz right now is because he has shown that ability to really tap into his power more often. But if it's no power and it's low on base, uh, it, it's hard for teams to really justify it now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So really, I'm literally just going after the uh, the upside here. I mean, there, mu- there must be a reason why he was the number one prospect at one point in his life. And that, it's like, kind of like the Jonathan India thing, right? I mean, Jonathan India was at one point the number one. But Jonathan India has better skills. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that would be the counter argument. Well, Jonathan India has better skills, and he just needed to stay healthy. And when we're seeing it, he's not staying healthy now in the majors, right? He's that lingering hamstring injury won't go away. So that's Luis Garcia again, power hitting second baseman, um, potentially I should say, but yeah, has a lot of holes in his game, but still intriguing just because of the former prospect pedigree. All right, Vinny Pasquantino for the Kansas City Royals. That was your guy, right? That 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 was the guy. Okay, I just want to make sure Sean's guy, he's uh, age 24, a little bit on the old side uh, over at AAA compared to everybody else on this list. First baseman, another first baseman from you, 6'4", 245 pounders, left-handed hitter. You got, man, you, look at you, man. You're going after the big <laughs> hulking masses at first base. Uh, as Sean mentioned earlier, there's still no team rankings uh, for fan grabs uh, for the Royals, but he is the 113th ranked prospect in their top 130. You notice I keep raising the number there uh eta <laughs> eta of 2023 uh and here are the uh, tools that he has so far uh really nice hit tool very high end high potential hit tool for pasquantino uh, power is right there i mean not not as big as Cassis, but this is right there um for a guy of his pedigree although the game power is still a work in progress of apparently 40 out of 50 uh not really fast but you know you don't get a big hulky mass like that because he's fast or because he's a good fielder, he's fielding at 50-50 right now. Hey, Future he has three also. He has three stolen bases this year. I'm oh, kinda, okay. I am kind of shocked by that. And in 2021, he had six stolen bases and wasn't caught once. 
So oh, it, he, he, he might be one of like those little sneaksters. He's a big guy, but he might sneak one on you. Oh, boy. They might need to update their, their report card there. <laughs> no, I definitely believe he has like 20 grade speed or whatever they say he has. Or No, if he's still uh, six bases, he might 25 <laughs> yeah, speed. Yeah, give, give him 30. Come on. <laughs> you wanna, okay, yeah. Uh, Wolva, 391, WRC plus 137. And the last thing that Sean put down here, uh, again, uh, not not uh, surprisingly, Sean goes after those great discipline guys. Great discipline. Strikes out as much as he walks. Half of his hits are extra base hits. Very productive hitter. What else can you tell us about Pasquantino? Is he Italian too? Will that make Vince Mercadetti happy? I, I I would believe so. I, I thought just him being named Vinny and being able to make a My Cousin Vinny joke, which when he makes his debut and they don't do some sort of like My Cousin Vinny, like bobblehead when he becomes great, like put Pasquantino in a little lawyer suit, that, that'd be hilarious. But anyway, Pasquantino is off to a s- slow start by his standards, only batting 258. He's batted 293 in the minors for his career so far. Um, and like you said, it's nearly a one-to-one walks to strikeouts, 109 to 117. And while he might not be the traditional home run power threat from a first baseman, uh, he hit 24 last year uh, amongst two different leagues between double A and high A, but half of his hits in the minor leagues have gone for extra base hits buoyed by six, 60 doubles, six triples and 43 home runs. Uh, and this is a guy, like I said, he, he's got great back control, great discipline, and he does have a little competition here uh, between him and Nick Prado. But when you look at the first base DH situation for the Kansas City Royals, uh, you're, you're basically talking uh, a revolving door of like Hunter Dozier, I think is playing some first base. Uh, Car- uh, Carlos Santana is still getting a lot of playing time at DH. Like these are two guys that can easily step in and be big parts to that Kansas City lineup, as well as kind of getting rid of two of the lesser pieces of that lineup. Let's see who Ross Resource says is playing first base. Yeah, Hunter Dozier's playing a lot of first base right now, but he has positional versatility. He can play the outfield, he can play third base. Um, but yeah, DH right now, uh, Ross Resource has Edward Oliver, uh, Edward Oliveris. Uh, but he's also mainly an outfielder. He's off to a little good start, but definitely Nick Prado and uh, Carlos Santana is actually on the injured list. I have no clue for what. Oh, ankle bursitis. Ooh. Ooh. That doesn't sound fun for how no. an older, bigger guy like Santana. That can't be a, a good thing or a quick thing to recover from. Right. But yeah, d- definitely Nick Prado. Uh, and I think Nick Prado's even started playing some left field. Um, according to roster resources, he's first base left field. So that might be them trying to get Pasquatino first base because he is built a little bit, you know, like a taller Billy Butler, you know, kind of the stout guy, but mm-hmm. definitely really like Vinny, definitely like him in that ballpark. Kansas City has one of the lar- has the largest square footage outfields in all of baseball. And for a guy that hits loads of doubles, oh, Vinny's going to rate there. Interesting. That's very interesting. And then that, and then also that the Royals are trying to uh, uh, give some other guys uh, position versatility just to make room for this guy um, as he's going to need it. And I think you even mentioned MJ Melendez could play third base or did I dream that? No, they, that? they, they did start playing before he was called up. They played MJ Melendez, I think six or seven games at third base. Mm. Um, interesting. So, I, I really think they want to make Salvador Perez the DH or at least the main time DH and let him catch every now and then. Yeah, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting because uh, Salvador Perez, as we've seen the numbers, he's not very good at the backstop, as hard as it is to believe. What The one thing he does have is a very strong cannon for an arm. But uh, as far as the modern-day catcher goes, uh, and we and don't don't go after me, but that's what the numbers say. He's not that good, especially at framing, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he's one of the worst framers of, like, the last 10 years. Oh, I think we mentioned that on, previous, on, a, on a long-time previous episode. Like, that might be the reason why the, their prospect – pitchers that they heavily invested on are not are nowhere near ready to or nowhere near as good as uh, as uh, some uh, as people thought they could be um lots but, of we talked about it last week too go ahead yeah with nick prado he's played 15 games at first base he's played two in left field and four in right field so kansas city has these pieces and they're trying to see how they can make them all fit uh we'll see how they end up doing that yeah interesting things that are going on in kansas city always an interesting team because uh they, uh, they, they try little things, little, uh, they're, they're trying their own version of Moneyball. As much as people champion them as not being a Moneyball team, come on, let's face it. The, from a cost-effective uh, standpoint, even when they won the World Series, that's a Moneyball team. Come on. And, and they're also constantly looking for the, uh, what do they call it, the, uh, the inefficient uh, market or whatever that uh, term is called. Uh, yeah, don't tell me that they're not a Moneyball team. All right, Michael Bush. Dodger. So this is an interesting. Uh, so now we're moving on to our double eight uh, players here, Sean. And this is an interesting exercise for me because there were two guys that I really liked from the double eight list when I when I was sorting it by uh, by Woba, or was it W? One of the one of the two yeah. big ones. I think it was Woba that I did it just to be funny. Uh, it was Michael Bush and Jacob Amaya. So I was ready. Oh, okay. I'll just talk about those two guys. I've heard about about those two guys before. And then I realized, oh, but then it becomes a Dodgers episode. I don't want to just talk about the Dodgers. <laughs> but then I see Sean has two Orioles and two Mets players. So maybe I should have just done that. But Michael Bush, uh, he was recently talked about on last week's episode of the prospect report that they have at the CBS Sports podcast. And I didn't want to purposely pick him because of that, because, well, you know, I already know about Michael Bush because they talked about it. So I don't want to sound like a guy that I'm just copying them. But then I saw his numbers and I'm like, holy crap, we got to talk about Michael Bush. 6-1, 210-pounder, lefty, another left-handed bat. So maybe there's some hope for me, Sean. Yeah. Uh, come around with these <laughs> left-handed hitters. Uh, the third-ranked prospect for the Dodgers, you know, the 51 list of players that they got over there. He's number three overall. 82nd, according to the Fangraphs, 135. Uh, his ETA is 2023. I mean, it makes sense. He's a double-A. But as they mentioned on the podcast over at CBS Sports, he's already 24 years old. You might be seeing him just move up, the, move up the level, a triple A and eventually to the majors a lot sooner than, I mean, at least they're hopeful that, that that's going to happen to Michael Bush, that he will be called up to the majors sooner rather than later, despite the fact that he's in double A right now. And these are the, the scouting report that they had on him. 50, 55 hit tool, uh, still with the latent power. The raw power is there at 60, 60. The speed is better than people anticipated, which uh, I'm kind of curious to see if that translates to stolen bases so far. It has not with three combined stolen bases in his uh, three seasons in the minors. So let's slow down there then, I guess. But still, uh, a 50 future value. Uh, the field might be a little bit of a concern at 30-35. Uh, great at uh, fielding, but hopefully, you know, with the DH, that could be something that could be hidden. 474 Woba, 173 WRC+. And here's my scouting report on the guy. He's a power-hitting – oops – Power hitting infielder who walks as much as he strikes out has shown the ability to lift the ball in the air and post high line drive percentages. Sees a lot of pitches. I think they now have a uh, a pitch tracker column for the minors, 
And he's about top 25, top 30 around there out of close to 200 minor league players that, uh, that qualified. Uh, my qualification was 50, 50 uh, minimum plate appearances. Uh, anything else you want to add about Michael Bush? He is kind of like, if I had to compare him to another minor leader that we have talked about, it was on the list at the beginning of the show. He's a Carlos Cortez who sells out for more power. Uh, he's going to strike out more than Cortez, but he's also walks more and he hits more for power. Uh, the one thing that worries me about Michael Bush this year is the strikeout percentage north of 30%. Um, I think he can do better than that, mm-hmm. but to see him already, you know, he was at 26% through double uh, a last year and now he comes back to double a, uh, which normally if you play 107 games, at age 23 in double A, you start off the next year in triple A. I don't know why he didn't. Uh, I would have to read into that, but to see him come back to double A, maybe it could just be like a fatigue thing, mm. but to see him come back to double A and you now he's striking out even more, granted he is walking more, 18%, but to see him strike out 30% of the time, second time through double A, uh, is a little bit troublesome. Mm. Interesting. I, I figured that maybe the, the Dodgers are so loaded at infield at AAA that they had no room for Michael Bush. But then I'm looking at the names right now, and who would it be? What, Eddie Alvarez? He's 32 years old. Uh, Miguel Vargas? Uh, I guess he's a top 10 prospect for the team. And, and also, like Cortez, I don't think he's a second baseman at the major league level. He is probably a left fielder, DH, maybe play some first. Mm-hmm. And maybe like in an emergency, he plays second base, like a the hangover day or like second end, a back end of a double header. Sure, but I, he, I don't think he's the second baseman at the major league level. Yeah, the, the CBS guys were comparing him. They mentioned him and Max Muncy in the same sentence, kind of saying that he's kind of similar to a Max Muncy. And I'm like, let's, let's slow down there. But in terms of what you just mentioned, that a light position versatility, just because you're versatile doesn't mean you're good at any position or they're going to be good at playing multiple positions it just means that they that you're not going to mess up too badly which it, it's 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 in the eye of the beholder if that's the case or not yeah. but if you're looking at the major leagues uh, i guess the other reason was well uh is gavin lux the answer at second base for the dodgers he should be <laughs> he should be so, I mean, but right now he's uh, he's uh not playing on a daily basis at least not in the last six games he is getting uh breaks here and there against especially against left-handed pitching um, and then what is Chris Taylor going to be the long-term stay at that position? And so far it looks like he could be because he's, he's also getting the ball. I mean, that, that Dodgers lineup is loaded, fully loaded, ready to go. Um, so now we're looking at maybe he can take over for some of these other lesser known guys like Hanser Alberto. I know that's a guy you like from before, but uh, can Michael Bush take his spot? I, so maybe- I don't see why he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So aside, anything else we need to talk about with Michael Bush here? I think that's it. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I know there's some concern, uh, but he's crushing the ball on his second go around in double A. And you know what it is, uh, Sean? Again, second baseman. That's another premium position, right? Uh, in terms of uh, how thin it is. Because we're at a point where we're kind of running out of second baseman out of the waiver wire. I know that I had to last week because of Jonathan India being injured. I had to go between picking Song Kim, and, uh, oh, boy, I forgot the other guy's name. But it was either that or make room for Tyler Wells. and I don't know. It was just, We're getting to that point where we're better off just trying to see who's coming up the pipeline here. So 
anyway, that's my struggle and mine alone. Let's go over to your middle infielder, Gunnar Henderson from the Baltimore Orioles, 21-year-old, double-A, uh, listed as a shortstop according to CBS Sports, 6 2 lefty. Another, Jesus Christ, Sean, you got nothing but left-handed hitters here. <laughs> do but, I have a type? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, number five ranked on the Orioles, 68th overall, uh, and the Fangraphs top 140. Uh, ETA is for this year, and here are the, the grades. Uh, still a work in progress with that hit tool. The power might be legit, but still 40 out of 55 for the game power. The raw power is definitely there at 50 for 55. The speed is better than maybe anticipated at 50 out of 40, and he's a slick fielder, unlike the Michael Bush of the world. He is a very slick fielding uh, middle infielder, still a work in progress, but 45 out of 60 and only getting better. 50 future value, 422 Wova, 160, 168 WRC+. plus. Here's what Sean had to say about him. Corey Seager-esque vibes. Again, that word vibes just kind of annoys me. But you're Vibe check. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, since you are as a zillennial of sorts. Uh, he has a clear path to the big league's playing time, uh, for big league playing time, I should say. And most importantly for Sean, he's from Alabama. There you go. Go ahead and tell me about more about Gunnar Henderson here. So he got off to a great start. He was a first-round draft pick in the 2019 draft. Um, I even had him in my 30-team dynasty. I really believed in the profile. Mm-hmm. And then he lasted all of about a year on the team and then roster crunch, and he wasn't really doing anything. Granted, he was 18 years old, and I was kind of dumb. Uh, I dropped him. And he sat out as a free agent for a while, and then to start the 2021 season, he was in A-ball, and he was absolutely crushing it. Granted, striking out at a pretty high clip, close to 30%, 29 Um for over 35 games and then he got the promotion to high a ball and he might have it might have been a little ahead of him but he's still posting above league average uh wrc plus despite striking out 30 percent of the time but he also posted a career high 14 percent walk rate uh and then he got another promotion right at the end of the year to double a just in the last few games uh really not meaningful in any way this year he starts off again at double a he has walked more than he has struck out. Uh, he was one of those guys that when I created this list, he had like a 307 BABIP, so I kind of fudged the the numbers to, to get my guy in here. He's at 327 now after a couple of games. But 289 average, 447 on base, 500 slugging. I'm not sure if he's going to stick at shortstop, but he's going to be a key cog in that Baltimore lineup once the guys, once the kids start coming up. You're going to see, you know, Rutschman in the lineup. You're going to see Henderson in the lineup. You're going to see D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez on the mound. Once all of those guys make it, and whether Gunnar Henderson's at shortstop or third base, I think he's going to be a really good defensive player. Maybe not gold glove, but I think he's going to be good. And in that ballpark, they yeah, they made it tougher for righties to hit home runs. But guess what? You still got that short little uh, wall or the, the tall wall short distance in right field that I think guys like Gunnar Henderson and Rutschman can take advantage of. And he is the local guy born in Montgomery, uh, played all of his high school ball in Selma. So mm. uh, that was, that was how I knew of him. Cause he got drafted that year when I was working uh, for the biscuits and we're like, Hey, that's the one guy from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've mentioned something that kind of irked me, not, not irked, but just kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, caught my ear when the kids get called up. For the Orioles, and I feel like we've been hearing about that for like the last ten years about them. You know what I mean? It's like we've just been waiting. And no, and ten all... years ago they they had a good team. <laughs> uh, whatever, ten six, uh, bro. 
every like I, I i always say on this podcast well maybe not this year or maybe not last year but there was a point that every time i would get to the orioles when i would do my winter uh research for the spring i get to the orioles and it just made me wonder about my existence why am i here what am i doing looking at the orioles crappy ass roster and lack of minor league depth but it looks like things are slowly but surely turning around but i mean when i mentioned the word kids we were waiting on austin hayes cedric mullins Anthony Santander. Uh, there's another guy I'm missing here. Uh, well, the issue D- that DJ Stewart, DJ Stewart. Yeah, the, the issue that they had there was those guys came up and they still had no pitching. So, <laughs> well, when the kids get there, then they'll have pitching, right? Everything will be solved. That Bruce Zimmerman will still throw his uh, slow pitch softballs out there, and and uh, John Means will be fully recovered from Tommy John surgery. Ryan Mountcastle is another guy. Maybe he'll start hitting consistently one day. Um, because that was his one the one thing that he could do is like, well, at least he can be a hitter because he can't feel for shit and he can't <laughs> even hit either. So yeah, it's just funny that we're still kind of waiting for them to turn things around there. Um, all right, so that's the Orioles. Oh, I would be hard pressed not to uh, mention I did tag Vince Mercandetti because I was curious. I, hey. I did I did see that. And well, the the last bit on Gunnar Henderson, he is the uh third youngest guy as of opening day in double A. He was the third youngest oh, and uh the youngest is going to be my next one. So, you, you mean the youngest isn't Michael Harris, my next guy? No, I'm no, no. <laughs> uh, there's what uh, Vince said about Vinny. So, it feels like this is a a Quentin Tarantino movie happening here because you know, Vince is many things, but we know one thing he is for sure he loves Quentin Tarantino over there, right? It, no, he doesn't. He hates Tarantino, him. Pasquatino, same thing, Vinny Barbarino. Um, <laughs> All right, so here Vince says, he spent the time on my dynasty team based on solely on name and position. So, yeah, he picked him because his name was Vinny and because he's Italian, the last name. Love Vinny. Big boy bat. Also, since he's a first baseman, I dropped from my dynasty league. So he's definitely guaranteed to pan out now. He, he says that because he dropped Paven Smith all the way back in 2019, and I picked him up. And then I turned Paven Smith this year into Drew Rasmussen, which was fun. So. Did, who has uh, Pasquantino in that league? Uh, he was actually – he was available in our first-year player draft because I think Vince dropped him at the end of last – like right before the season ended. So yeah. nobody could add him. Oh. But he was available in the first-year player draft. And when it got back to me at 24, I was torn between either Stephen Kwan or Vinny Pasquantino. <laughs> I had 24, 27, and then like 2-1, I think. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get Quan at 24, Pasquatino at at 27. Mm. I picked Quan at 24, Pasquatino went 25. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) So close. close. And I I asked the guy, I said, you know, were you, would you have picked Quan if he was available? And he said, yeah. And I was like, okay, I made the right pick then. So uh, is this a guy that we know? Is this a guy? No, I don't, I don't think it was. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think it was. All right. Well, the fact that you're doesn't matter, I guess. All right. Moving on. Michael Harris is second. Uh, from the Atlanta Braves uh, of the Harris family, you know. Ah, double A center fielder, uh, Michael Harris is. So, I mean, they just gave got rid of uh, Christian Pache. So maybe now it's Michael Harris's job of the future. We'll see. It's a little guy for, uh, uh, you know, when we think about center fielders, I mean, I think Byron Buxton's about 6'2", 6'4", right? If I, if, if I remember correctly, he's not a little guy like this guy is. Uh, but six foot flat, 195 pounder. Left-handed bat. Buxton 6'2". Okay. Well, still taller than Michael Harris a second. 
uh, and this is the 2021 report. So I, I, I'm just going to assume that, that at that point, Michael Harris was the number four prospect for the, the Atlanta Braves with an ETA of 2024. Um, and the hit tool still a work in progress, 35 out of 55. The game power is still a work in progress, 30 out of 55. But when he's in doing batting practice, people love him. 55 out of 60 raw power, 55 speed, which is much better than the projected 50 of graded speed that people were expecting of him. Decent fielder at 40, 45, 45 plus future value, 405 uh, WOVA, WRC plus of 148. And there's a scouting report, speedy outfielder with some pop in the bat, can limit strikeouts has a very high ground ball rate, but can post high line drive percentages as well. And he's able to spray the ball to all fields. Michael Harris is second. What do you have to add about him, Sean? Uh, He's a guy who I really haven't looked at the stat line all that much until just now. And I'm a little thoroughly impressed. And uh, I go and I look and I see that this year, you know, he's off to a hot start and he's not striking out a whole lot. I mean, he had the, it's what, 22%, which, is high for the level, but not like sound the warning bells. But he's also posting, you know, a, a solid, you know, not too high 11% swing strike rate. Um, he's not hitting a load of ground balls. He's 46%, which as long as you're not over 50 at that level, I, I can work with you. And he this, has posted 50 before. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why I, I put down what I put down. And, and you know, I think the strikeout uh, percentage, when I was doing this uh, for through Thursday stats, I think it was still below 20%, and the ground ball rate might have been above 50% at that point. But So a lot of thing, a lot can change in the last 48 hours, right? So. Yeah, and then last year he had um, 27 stolen bases and only caught four times this year. He's stolen 10 and caught two. So I'm really wondering how he has that 55-50 speed because it seems like either he just isn't the fastest and he's just got those great instincts but yeah. uh i don't that's know what i'm thinking yeah i mean because that, that's a weird thing because that's a to steal 27 bases and let me call four times and have 50 speed that's kind of interesting I, I, i'd like to see what his like it's because usually that's based on like your home to first first to third times mm-hmm. but uh oh we'll see yeah, uh, and then he's hitting for more power this year. I think when I was doing the math, I, I, my math could be off, but he was projected to steal, I'm sorry, to hit 20-plus uh, home runs, and he's projected, by my gory math, he's projected to get to uh, 30 stolen bases. So we have a potential 20-home run, 30-stolen base guy in our hands that no one knows about because he's not on any highly ranked uh, prospects list this year at least not that i know of I, I think he's in somebody's top 100 i'm not sure who's i know he, i think he is though uh all right we I mean, like i said i'm only using i was gonna say yeah. i'm only using fan graphs, fan graphs. He, he wasn't on fan graphs uh but that's the 2021 uh oh. graduate report or not graduate oh. sorry the uh, the report from 2021 so i'm kind of curious as to what uh what the current i didn't check the current i only went to his page and i saw what i saw right okay but since we're talking about it, let's look to the Major League Baseball uh, top 100. Michael Harris is the number one prospect for the, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, <laughs> according to uh, according to their pipeline. So maybe, so maybe, okay, so maybe you're right. Maybe he is uh, known now. Where does he rank in the their top 100? I have no idea. Uh, 55 uh, future value according to Major League Baseball's uh, pipeline website. So they obviously like him. Uh, I guess a little bit more than the uh, Fangrass one, or it could be that they're not done with the Braves uh, report. I have yeah, no they, they haven't done the only National League East team they've done is the Phillies. 
and he and he's not popping up in the uh, the board for the top 100. So interesting. Uh, not that I can find him. All right, here we go. Michael Harris. Oh, okay. Your guy Gunnar Henderson, number sixty-two ranked according to the Major League Baseball pipeline. No. Michael Bush, sixty-fifth overall. I'm just Shay Lingleers, fifty-seventh overall. And then there's your guy, our guy Michael Harris, sixty-third, sixty-third overall. So all the guys that we're talking about, uh, they're in the top fifty-five. I'm sorry, the top uh, seventy uh, in, in Major League Baseball's uh, prospect website. Okay. So yeah, Fangraphs, you're messing up. Be more like Major League Baseball. But Actually, listen, please man. don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, continue to sell low on these guys. Uh, but you know what it is, uh, Sean? I just wanted to be consistent, right? So I, I didn't yeah. want to look at 20 freaking websites. So, But we could definitely do it here on for the show. But if I were to do it when I was doing the research, I think I would have gone crazy. Yeah, and, and I'm not like I, I just vaguely remember like either Prospectus or America. Like I remember seeing his name higher up and I was like, why is he that high? But mm. I, but it, that was probably several months ago, and I've already forgotten where. <laughs> Jesus, that's uh, just out of curiosity. Where? Is, yeah, the brave they are not done yet, so the Bra- yeah. we're missing the Braves report. So maybe that's why the 2021 report shows up here. So that, that's just a disclaimer. I mean, if you want, I could look at Michael mm-hmm. Harris over at Pipeline, uh, a Major League Baseball's website. Uh, 55 hit tool, 50 power, 60 run. There you go, Sean. 60 run. Yeah, like I, like I said, I, I think there's some. Um sketchy reporting on michael harris's speed based on his stolen base success rate hey you know what that's why you listen to this freaking show right so you can get the <laughs> scoop on a guy like michael harris is second all right francisco alvarez that's the big name on the on the on the board here uh obviously sean's guy he has a mets bias but it's a good bias 20 year old double a catcher 510 233 pounder built like a tank as, as sean mentioned earlier on the show uh we're still waiting for the mets prospect reports to be done over at fangrass but for now he's on the fangrass top 150 at number seven overall 2023 eta uh let's see hit tool of 40 out of 50 game power 45 out of 60 raw power 70 out of 70 the highest on the on this uh 12 person list uh, the speed better than we anticipated. Forty-five out of thirty. Get the hell out of here! No. Yeah, way. yeah, no, that that, that that's not going to be it. <laughs> you, see, you don't think? I don't know, man. I get excited when I see oh, hey, a, a big catcher like that having better speed than people anticipated. I want to know why. Sixty future value. Three fifty-three uh, uh, wova uh, and the minors. One twenty-three wrc plus, and this is a double A. Uh, Sean said that he's the youngest hitter in double A catcher with plus plus power and a plus hit tool. Go ahead. There's a small caveat to him being the youngest player in the double A East because he's actually tied to the date with Aurelvis Martinez, another top prospect. He had a great spring training for the Blue Jays uh, is off to a rough start uh, in double A this year, but both him and Aurelvis Martinez were born on November 19th, uh, whatever 21, I think 20 years ago, or I, I don't want to do the math. But mm-hmm. I, when I saw that, I was like, wow, they were tied. And then Gunnar Henderson was the third youngest in double A East as well, or the Eastern League, which it's now back to being called after a year off of that. But Alvarez, he was, I mean, obviously he's a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Yeah. Um, he has the power to not only pull the ball, but it, much like Pete Alonso, that's not his, like, when he's going, all of his power is to that right center field and it's like almost effortless yeah. and he he's learning more and more to try and tap into that pull side power um he just posts silly exit velocities he does have some you know possible ground ball issues 
this year. He got off to an extremely hot start. He had home runs in his first three double-A games. Um, over the first eight games, he had four home runs, was batting 355. Uh, he's gotten off to a little bit of a cold start uh, or a cold start since then. Uh, it is mainly fueled by, you know, probably a little bit of rushing. He, he, he wants to be in the big leagues. <laughs> and when he got off to that hot first week and a half, uh, there was a lot of talk. Oh, Alvarez is he, he's ready. Get him up here now. Mm. And uh, I think that might have caused, you know, some issues uh, since then. He's only batting about 150. He's striking out a little bit more, but his bad is also 212. I mean, that's that somebody who hits the ball that hard. And the strikeout rate is about 27%, walking 13% of the time over that slump. So really probably just some Babbitt noise happening there. But this is a guy who, once Rutschman graduates, if Alvarez isn't in the big leagues around the same time as Rutschman, uh, will be the number one catcher prospect in all of baseball um, and would probably move up into the top five Uh he, he it's just silly what he can do and the, the strikeouts might be a little high, but I think he's one of those guys that he's probably going to hover around 25% with a strikeout rate, be 10%. And yeah. then he's going to hit 25 home runs. I mean, it's kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a comp and I, I can't really think of one. It's just a very interesting profile with such raw, easy power uh, doesn't really chase he he works deep counts and that probably leads to a lot of his strikeouts as well. But uh, yeah, uh, comfort catcher. You mean a guy with that type of uh, yeah, and it, like like it, it's almost like um, like he's not really Wilson Ramos. Ramos no, didn't no, 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 Ramos no. didn't strike out that much. Uh, uh, you're talking about 10 percent walk rate, twenty five percent strikeout rate. Yeah, uh, JT Real Muto has a similar. Uh, plate this up a number he's at 10 percent and 23.2 strikeout percentage so JT I, Real I, Muto, do you like that I, 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 I think real muto is a little bit more athletic probably not as much you know i always saw real muto's power was a little fringy mm. um more to just the pull side I, I i think alvarez's power which of course you know you listed off his um rankings which i'm not sure if those will be updated when they go to when they release the new ones, or if that's from this year or from last year, I do not know. Uh, Alec Thomas, uh, we're, this is a prospect show. Alec Thomas was just called up and will be playing for Arizona today. Oh, nice, good for him, man. Uh, I'm not. You got me curious trying to find that next uh, guy, Mitch Garver. He's at 11.8 percent, twenty-two point four percent. I, I kind of get a Mitch Garver vibe. Kind of a Mitch Garver vibe. Fucking word vibe. <laughs> now I'm just doing it to piss you off. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Oh, you. Oh, okay. You want to do that? You want to play that game? All right. Let's see you. <laughs> wait. Just wait until my guy comes up. Right. Uh, no, you really got me curious here, though. All right. Let me, I'm, I'm looking for that next that that, that comp. Right. All right. So that wow, that's a lot of guys who strike out a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Mike Zanino, 36. percent That's not him. It could be him if if he's gonna keep pressing like that, right? Yeah. Um, See Wilson Contreras, although he doesn't. A, a walk name a lot. just a name just popped into my head, oh. Mike Napoli. Oh geez, you, you went 12, all the way back. Okay. Twelve point two walk percent for his career, twenty seven point five K, two forty six average, three forty six on base, four seventy five slug, one nineteen WRC plus. Interesting. Let's see. But Mike Napoli had a year where he hit three twenty. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. 
Uh, well, you're not gonna like this. How about Gary Sanchez? No, I, I don't. There's not as much I think swing and miss there. Uh, let's see here. It, I, it, I, I think Sanchez's ahead. issue is Sanchez hits too many fly balls. Alvarez hits too many ground balls. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna ask you about that if you hadn't mentioned it already. But I'm just now you got me intrigued. Who who am I looking for in terms of uh, the next guy? Oh, well, Chris Iannetta in Colorado. Do you like that comp? I, I can't really remember Ionetta's numbers like that. That that would be a I'd have to I mean, look. No, I mean it's, it's his thing was it's always looked better in Colorado, but otherwise he was just a, a really poor um a hitting catcher. Uh I'm just looking for 1026, 1025 guys. Uh Sean Murphy. I know he's been known to post some decent hitting lines. Uh 429 slugging percentage. Nah, it's, no, no, no. Yeah, I think Alvarez, like at his least, is going to be like a 450, 460. Like, uh, I guess Mitch Garver is the guy. Yeah, I th- Mitch Garver, Mike, Mike Napoli, one of those. Or two. maybe, maybe Wilson Contreras. I mean, Wilson Contreras, uh, decent, very good on base percentage for a catcher and has been known to have some pop in his bat. Yeah. Wilson Contreras and has similar walk and strikeout percentages as well. So maybe that's our answer. Uh, yeah, with, with Alvarez to. Uh, he, he's at the 123 WRC plus, which he's gone down. I guess he had a bad game or whatever. He was at 125, 127, something, but 227, 330, 467 slash line. And that is coming with a 271 BABIP. So once his BABIP kind of normalizes, um, I, he I had got... a, he had a 260 BABIP last year in high A. Um, but every year before that, I mean, it was like much, much higher. I so. found the comp. I found the perfect comp. Oh, oh here it is. Rum roll. Yasmani Grandal. Similar walk percentages, similar strikeout percentage. 126 WRC plus since 2018. And a BABIP of 268. What was for Alvarez's? It's, it he's, he's, at, he's at 271 right now. Oh, come on. That's it. We found this doppelganger. Yasmani Grandal. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to go. I mean, the, he has to control the strikeout. I, I don't know. I, I think you mentioned that uh, that he might be pressing because he wants to get to the big leagues faster yeah. than humanly possible. Well, and, um, and that was the thing is the last two years, um, in 2019, he was given a, a pressed assignment to – oh, God, who was it? It was um, St. No. It was stateside somewhere, and he, he played the first, like, 30-something games – and or th- that was all in rookie ball in 2021. That's what it was. He was sent to St. Lucie and at 19 years old in low A ball or just A ball now, uh, walked 22 and a half percent of the time, only struck out 10 and a half percent of the time, um, put up stupid numbers. And then they gave they promoted him to Brooklyn and he spent all of 2021 basically after that with Brooklyn. Um, was an above league average hitter, but did see the strikeouts c- kind of come up, the average go down, the bad go down. Um, but he was the youngest player in Brooklyn or in the uh, New York Penn League. And just uh, once again, he's the youngest player in 2020 in the 2022 Eastern League. So you have to think that once he gets more of this, he's because he, really right now at his age, he should not be in double A. But mm-hmm. for him to put up these numbers, even though they have some, you know, possible red flags, you have to take into account. He's only played, I think, a little over 130 professional games and, and and that's another reason why he's not going to get rushed to the big leagues is right. because that's the whole other side of the position is you have to do all the facets of catching knowing the pitchers calling the game and he just doesn't have those reps yet but for him to put up these types of numbers without having all those reps yet 
I think is the most impressive thing about Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, I like him a lot. I like him a lot, but there's still a work in progress, uh, even with the hot start he's having, for sure. All right, let's move on here. Robert Hassel III. So I went from Michael Harris II to Robert Hassel III. I, I only want royalty in my in my list here, Sean. <laughs> Just the, the Royals. I want all the – well, except for the Kansas City Royals. All right, Hassel III, 20 years old, high A ball. Now we're moving to our high A guys, center fielder. Uh, so this is a guy uh, – this is a guy that um, – when I was checking the high eight ball guys, I kind of started to panic because there was like a big list of guys I haven't heard. Because so I'm not like you. I don't do dynasty leagues like you do, or especially deep ones with like 30 people <laughs> involved. I, I know enough to get by, but not like I see the names like, holy shit, how am I going to filter this through? And then I saw Robert Hassel's the third name uh, up on the list of WOBA uh, leaders and the leaderboard. And I got excited. I go, hey, I know that guy. I'm just going to go with Robert Hassel. <laughs> I know that guy. And it turns out that he's the guy of my dreams. As a guy I've been, been – I'm going to, I might have to add him to my Kristen Yelich lineage. So Kristen Yelich, Jack Peterson. Um, oh God. Uh, Jerry Klenick, Josh Lowe, and now Robert Hassel. I'm always looking for that next Jerry, uh, Kristen Yelich guy. And I may have found him by accident. Six to 195 pounder lefty bat. Uh, again, team rankings not available probably for the Padres as of yet, but he's 51st overall in the fan graphs. 155 2023 ETA. Wow. ETA of 2023. That's next year, Sean. Yeah. For a 20-year-old. Okay, we'll see about that. Uh, here is the grades, 35 out of 55. Hit tool, 30-45. Game power, 45-50. Raw power, 55. Speed. And potentially can go up to a 50-graded field. So when we're talking about toolsy guy, he has all the tools. He goes to Home Depot and he doesn't need anything because he has all the tools. <laughs> 50 future value. Here's what I wrote about him. Center fielder with promising power speed combination can limit strikeouts and take walks. Needs to decrease his ground ball percentages, yeah. but is able to spray the ball everywhere. So, Sean, what do you have to say about that? It makes me wonder how exactly those ground balls are spread out. Is he hitting a lot of his line drives and fly balls to the opposite field and pulling all of his ground balls? Because he does have a very high oppo percentage. Yeah, Are they shifting him and he's purposely beating the shift? Mm. I, I don't know, but I, I see that ground ball percentage of 59% this year. And last year it was 52% at the majority of his 92 game season in a ball. Uh, that's worrisome, but I will have to see, obviously it's working for him now, but uh, 59% ground ball rate. And he has a 395 bad up. Uh, I, I don't like that combination very much. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, cost of concern, but guess what? He's pretty fast, right? Yeah, and, and if you're gonna pull, if if you're gonna pull it off, you're gonna pull it off in a ball, putting the ball on the ground a lot. Because I've always believed, and I've said it multiple times on the show, the biggest difference between the low minor leagues and the high minor leagues, and then major league like major league ball is the defense. The quality of, quality of defense once you jump to those levels is just so dramatically different. Especially, you know, pitching between low minors and high minors is pretty drastic. But the quality of pitching between high minors and major leagues isn't all that. I mean, you have the cream of the crop in the majors, but like everything else in the middle, it's pretty close. You know, Sarah's, I saw, I think had a graph on it. It was on Stuff Plus. It was really cool. Um, but the quality of defense, if you're putting the ball on the ground 60% of the time yeah. in the major leagues, uh, defenses will just eat that up and you will get, they will shift you. They will know your tendencies. Yeah. And it, it's just, it, it's almost impossible to do now. Yeah. 
And, and well, here's my my uh, my excitement for Hassel. I think Christian Yelich also had the same problem, but the one thing that he can always count on was he can get on base. Yeah, and Yelich Yelich hit a lot of line drives. I mean, it was yeah, a lot too. of ground balls and a lot of line drives. No, that, that absolutely that too as well. Uh, but it took him. I mean, it took him until he got to Milwaukee that he stopped hitting so many ground balls. Yeah, and, and line drive. All, all the line drives turned into home into fly balls, and that was when the the power came with Yelich. And that's when the MVP seasons came yeah. about. Now, of course, he kind of reverted back, but hey, you know, he's COVID. having a, don't don't call him that. Christian no, Yelich. I know. Really, I'm not saying anything right now, but he's having a really good year. I don't Listen, want to jinx it. <laughs> I kept telling you guys, don't give up on Christian Yelich because everything about him just said it's only a matter of time before he turns things around. He's only 30 years old, right? 30, yeah, 30 years old. It's only a matter of time, but people were, I mean, you saw it in baseball, like people were writing him off already. And and after like three or three or four games, oh yeah, he's done. Put a fork in him. Uh, He was probably cheating or he was probably uh, doing something to him, to his body or, or, (laughs) I don't know, all those injuries finally uh, uh, run their course and now they're deteriorating him. But no, 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 man, he, well, you see comeback season. That that was the thing was the big trade I made in my 30 team was I traded Conforto, Tyler Molly and you Darvish. Um, you for Darvish? no, you Darvish. Oh, I Darvish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, for Clayton Kershaw, Christian Yelich, and Andres Jimenez, and Jimenez was en- ended up flipped in a trade for Jake Degrom. Uh, but I-, I really was worried. I was like, oh my god, I just gave up two starting pitchers. Conforto is going to go to like Philly. Christian Yelich is going to be completely toast. Christian um, Clayton Kershaw is going to retire. Clayton Kershaw has been like my best starting pitcher all year. Christian Yelich is amazing? smacking the hell out of the ball. And that average and OPS is slowly starting to come up. And he's starting to see results from hitting the ball hard. Because I he, I think he's like number one in hard hit rate. It was like 60% last I looked. Something silly. Um, but the expected batting average is starting to creep back up too. And you're like, yes. <laughs> Moving on down the list here, we got Cesar Prieto, the Cuban uh, standout for the Orioles. That's Sean's pick now. He's 23 years old, high A ball, so a little bit on the older side of there, but Sean will explain why he picked him anyway. Shortstop, 5'9", 175-pounder, yet another left-handed bat. Uh, (laughs) The only non-lefty is Francisco Alvarez on this list, so... Uh, hey, I have a and, switch. I have a switch hitter. Yeah, I was in. Well, he doesn't count. <laughs> and, and Prieto is such an afterthought for Fangraphs that he, there's nothing available in terms of his scouting report. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But he is hitting 429 Woba and uh, what was the other thing? 176 WRC plus. And this is what Sean wrote about him. Mm-hmm. He's all for the minor league level that he's in right now. He's a Cuban import, but he has a plus hit tool with burgeoning power. Why did you pick Cesar Prieto? I'm kind of curious. Okay, so he was a guy that I was reading about somewhere on Baseball America. Um, and they actually likened him to, you know, this was a guy that he just came over. He's old for the age. He could move fast. And it was in one of my, um, keeper leagues. Uh, it's a, it's a best ball. So I I don't have to do anything with it. Um, but then we have a, a five person draft like every year. And I was looking for somebody that could kind of just help me right then and there. Cause I needed hitting help. And he was a guy that I found they're like, Hey, he could be, you know, He's going to be in major league spring training. He might move quickly. So I picked him and I looked, did some research on him afterwards. And they were like, Oh, he's kind of like Nick Madrigal. And I'm like, okay. And I I went, I looked at his Cuban numbers. There wasn't a whole lot of power. It was some good average though. And I was like, okay, maybe he is Nick Madrigal. 
I checked in on, on him this week, uh, preparing for the show. In his first 18 games in high A, he has seven home runs. I'm pretty sure there's more home runs than Nick Madrigal has in his entire professional career. Um, but also, he fit my mold. He had at least on 125 WRC plus. He's actually at 176, and he's batting 328, 378, 701. And he's doing all of that with only a 300 on the dot Babbitt. So mm. it's not a whole lot of noise. Yeah. And he's like we said, he's 22. He's going to turn 23 in two days. Um, and he's a guy that could fill in on that Baltimore infield and left fielder, high contact rate doesn't strike out a whole lot. I, I like the profile. It's one that, you know, I always go for. And if he can keep that power coming, because he is smaller frame and he's five, nine, probably he's listed at one seventy five. but who knows what the weight actually is. Um, I believe it. I believe yeah, it. I mean, if he can keep the power going, like that could be a, a, a interesting player. And if anything, like Luis Arias, like that would be a, a fun outcome for Cesar Prieto. I don't know. Luis, Luis Arias is pretty, pretty big. I mean, but he's also like only five nine, like, and that's what I'm saying is I haven't seen pictures of uh, Arias is listed at five ten one seventy five. Oh, okay. I yeah, so six feet or something. But yeah, no, right. well, yeah, he, he, he's him, a like, shorter guy. And he's a little bit okay. stockier, so I wouldn't buy that one seventy five on Arias either. Okay. No, my bad. I thought he was like more than six feet tall. I might be thinking about somebody else. Then, yeah. never mind. Unless I'm thinking about the other Arias, A A R A Z. Let me see, Luis Arias, not Urias. Uh, okay, so oh, everybody, no, they're both short. I think they're Luis, both short. Everybody's yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> they're 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 second baseman. Come on now, everybody yeah. knows that's where the pipsqueak plays on the field. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, never mind that. All right, uh, just a uh, fun with Spanish here. Cesar means uh, I found out that Cesar means thick head of hair, and Prieto means either tight or dark. So we're gonna go with dark. So either he has a thick head of dark hair, or Cesar, as you know, Caesar. That's Czar. He's the the Roman emperor, the royal. Yeah. So he, he's the dark king. Okay, so he's not really big. He looks kind of ripped, honestly. I'm kind of which one? Urias uh, or Arias? Uh, uh, Prieto. Oh, I, I I know what Arias and Urias look like, yeah, but okay. this guy is like I'm trying to figure out. Like, okay, like, okay, maybe I'll buy some of that power then. You, you've heard of country strong, right? Well, this is Cuban strong. You know how <laughs> those Cubans are. But yeah, uh, they, I, I'm gonna go with the dark king. That's gonna be his nickname, dark king. <laughs> All right, and we're almost done here. Our next guy. Wait, wait, hey, listen, Sean, we're just heating up, right? We're just heating up right now. Oh uh, no, like stop it, guy. Uh, mute in five, four, three, two. <laughs> we're heating up. You know, it's cold outside, but now it's warm. We're supposed to get a nice, beautiful Mother's Day today because it's warming up. Warm with warming burnable from the Colorado Rockies, or was it warming Bernabel? Warming Bernabel. Do you feel? Do you feel better now? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh. just getting started, brother. <laughs> Uh, he's an A ball. So now we're. Would well, you say team. you're just warming up? Yeah, <laughs> I would say that for sure. I'm heating up, warming up, uh, warming up with warming Bernabo. Uh, so now we're at, our, uh, at the A ball section here. So not high A, but A ball, just regular A ball. Uh, 20 year old third baseman, six foot, 180. So yeah, another short guy from me, right handed hitter. Oh, I just realized I also picked a bunch of left handed hitters. Okay, so you and I. Yeah, are more than, yeah. More don't 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 give me hell. <laughs> I'll give you hell, all right. Uh, the number seven prospect in the Colorado Rockies system, but not in the not ranked in the Fangraphs top one seventy five. Uh, his ETAs of twenty twenty four. 
uh, 35 out of 55 hit tool, 35 out of 50 game power, 45 out of 50 raw power. So not not as uh, impressive power uh, grades like the other guys, but it's still something's lightened there. So 40-40 speed out of a third baseman, I guess that's not too shabby. And his fielding can go as high as 50. So uh, a future value 45. Here's what I wrote about him. So I had to, I know nothing about high, uh, I'm sorry, about A ball players, let alone high A ball players. But A ball players, now it's getting, <laughs> now you're really, uh, uh, I'm reaching here. But I had to filter so much just to make sense, just to whittle it down to one player. And uh, Bernabelle was the only player, was one of four players to have more than six stolen bases, four doubles, and four home runs. So I'm looking for the power speed combinations if, if possible here. Uh, he has a pretty good walk per strikeout ratio for a guy of his age uh, and has a very low line drive percentage. And he likes to pull everything. But I saw a video, video on him really quick, Sean. I saw a yeah. video on him. And one of the things that Fangraphs wrote about him on this uh, report was that he has one of the prettiest swings that you'll ever see. And brother, I'm here to tell you, he definitely has a very pretty right-handed swing. Well, just, just scouting the, the batted ball stat line here, he's already hitting like he knows he's going to play at course Field. Because like you said, <laughs> not only is he pulling everything and he's pulled everything for his entire minor league career, never posting a pull percentage lower than 52.2%. Holy hell, which could be a bad thing, could be his undoing. But you look at the ground ball rates. The ground ball rates are not all that high. And the fly ball rates, uh, 2022 is his lowest one at 44%. But every single stop before that, also 52% fly ball rate. Holy crap. So the this only, could either be a really good thing or a really bad thing. The only it, other fluky part about it is that his pop-up rate is the low is like extremely low for his career levels. So that is a cause for concern as well. Cause he's, he's been known to pop up a lot, but maybe he fixed something in a swing. I don't know, Sean. Okay. So well, we'll see. I'm looking at this, his fly ball percentage. And then you look at his infield fly ball percentage. Wait, what was 2021? That was 21 games. And they're almost identical. Half of his fly balls were yeah. in. Oh, okay. That's okay. Hey, man, that's uh, teenagers trying to figure things out, man. That, just that, that, that was, yeah. But then in the next one, it's 37% of his 50. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it, uh, it's like that for every. Oh, oh. Well, like they're, they're like 30 game sample sets. So, and he's 17, yeah. 18, 19, whatever. That's uh, part of the fun. We're trying to figure out what's real, what's not. And I think you might have something here by saying that he looks like a guy who knows he's going to be in course field. So, yeah, because I mean, that, that's a profile that plays well at course field. Exactly. Um, but it could just, if he doesn't hit hard enough, mm-hmm. it, it, he, he could just have like a, he might be like a 210 hitter, like honestly. But can he hit 40 home runs? I'm sorry, not that's too much. Like, can he, but he can hit 25 plus home runs, right? Yeah. And it looks like he has good <laughs> contact ability. He doesn't strike out a whole lot. Um, let me add him to my list real fast uh-huh. and see what his strength, uh, swing strike rate is for this year. Uh, e- even, yeah, there he is, warming Barnabelle. Oh, God. I feel like we're butchering his name, honestly. No, it's, it should, I think, oh, I, yeah, 11, 11.6 swing strike rate. He's not swinging and missing all that much. I forgot what he's from, but I mean, obviously he's, uh, he has to be Latino, but uh, if you want to let Latinize it or Hispanicize it, Spanishize it. Warming. Warming, yeah. Warming Bernabel. Yeah. Where is he from anyway? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to look because now I want to know. <laughs> You're looking that up? All right. Yeah. Well, six stolen bases in 23 uh, games. Go ahead. The, the Dominican. Oh, of course he is. Okay, that makes sense. So if, you, uh, I, I, if I'm doing this right, if you extrapolate that to a 90-game season, that's 23 stolen bases right there, brother. Out of third of a out of a third baseman to go with the power numbers that he's shown so far. 
And that's, he's not like a huge, big-bodied guy that won't be able to run in a few years. He's six foot one eighty. So yeah, I mean that's a lot to like. Maybe hell with that, maybe he'll get switched to second base because then maybe they'll realize that he'll play better in the middle infield, especially at second base. Maybe I'm just and, really uh, confused by those infield fly ball numbers because that almost like that's those are so high it almost seems like a bug. No, I mean it's kind of like uh, how we talk about Nolan Arenado, right? Not not that I, well, <laughs> former Rockies player, right? Yeah, well, uh, that's what like I, I'm. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. Is you know the pull, but even like what were what were his infield fly ball rates like? They couldn't have been that high. No, because uh, uh, Arenado has always been a line drive hitter. That's always a, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that much credit. He's always been a really good line drive hitter all his life. It seemed like, um, but uh, he has eighty six home runs. Uh, Bernabel does eighty six home runs and uh, I'm sorry, eighty six at bats, only four home runs. But that's four. That's a home run every twenty one and a half at bats. So that's not too shabby either, uh, even for a guy like that who's has a pretty uh, who has been known to hit for a high pop up rate. Go ahead, you have. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying that uh, Bernabel is even pulling the ball and hitting it in the air more than Arenado was uh, in the minors and even in the majors. So yeah, because uh, Arenado was always a line drive hitter, right? Is yeah. that how it was? I mean, I mean he he posted solid line drives, but he also posted really high uh, fly ball rates. Um, I always felt like his his line drive fly ball rate combo was like always tops in the league. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah. Oh, never mind then. Uh, yeah, Triple A twenty thirteen Arenado thirty seven point nine ground ball rate, forty four point eight percent fly ball rate with a pop up rate of twenty three point one. It's not as bad as Bernabel's, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess twenty three percent is not that high. I mean, I've seen some pop up rates of sixty percent in the minor leagues. Like I, I feel like that would just be like a sample set thing because it's like so many like so little games and you know right right twenty three this year he played twenty one or he played forty three combined last year but but I don't know that, that I've never seen numbers that high for infield fly ball. Uh, no, they can get higher than that as we've seen. Uh, right now there's a guy in. Let's see if I could find them in the lead and in. in uh, oh, I already took it out. Never mind. My bad. Unless I can go back to my other list, because as we know, we uh, have like a million lists going at any time. Or did I just close it? You know what, brother? I think I probably closed it. Never mind. So anyway, but I did see someone at sixty-six percent, which is kind of funny to me. But at any rate, I'm hoping that I still have that. Nope. All right, let's move on to your guy, Shervian Newton, another Mets player here, and that's how we're gonna finish the show. Uh, Sean's guy, twenty-three years old, still at A ball, so uh, second baseman. 6'4", 209, so a big, big guy for a second baseman. Switch hitting uh, hitter. Uh, the number nine ranked uh, prospect as of twenty as of the 2021 report. Yeah. Uh, ETA was for this year, but I don't know. A ball for an ETA for this year. What happened there, Sean? It, so this is a guy who, no, I, I really liked him going back into like 2018, 2019. He had his breakout year. He's been in the Mets minor league system since 2016 which obviously you hear that and you're like, whoa, this is six years already. Um, I I honestly thought that some team, if there had been a major league portion of the Rule 5 draft, that some team would have just taken a flyer on him to see what he looked like in spring training. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had a breakout year in 2018. uh, It was one of the rookie ball Gulf Coast leagues, I think. Uh, He walked 17% of the time. He struck out 30% of the time, but batted 280, 408. 449 and this was as a 19 year old he was already i think 6263 probably 64 at the time as well um and he was just super projectable and he was really just learning to get into that power and he goes into 2019 with all of this prospect helium 
and he's playing an A ball, which would have been, I believe, uh, St. Lucie. And it, it did not work out. He played 110 games. Granted, I guess he stayed healthy. That that worked out for him. Uh, but the strikeout rate went up to 33%. Walk rate was down to 9%. And he posted a 209, 283, 330 slash line. And then, of course, that's right before losing an entire year to COVID, no minor league season. 2021, he only played in 30 games, did battle injuries, struck out 40% of the time. It was not a good year. And then he comes back this year. He's 23. He's, he's still an A-ball. Um, but the strikeouts are down to 28%. I mean, that's high, but it's down for him. And he's just – he's got that uber projectability that you see. And he's one of those rare 6-4 shortstops that you can actually project to stay at shortstop. And with the – he's capable of high walk percentages this year so far through the first 23 games – He's batting 309, 380, 568 with a 171 uh, WRC plus. He is the one outlier that he blew completely past my 300 Babbitt maximum. He's at 404. Um, but I, I like seeing the strikeouts come down. Uh, he's got four home runs so far. And anytime you just see someone that's 6'4 and he's got like the, the, the long levers you just know that there's potential there. It just, it needs to get unlocked. And I don't know. I, I just, I'm never going to give up on Shervy and Newton. Like if he makes it to AAA, like I'm going to consider that a success because <laughs> he's been in a ball for, you know, three years now. And yeah. it's kind of like the Esteban Florial thing. Like that's why I never liked Esteban Florial was he was such a highly rated prospect, but he spent every year after year, and a ball high a back to a ball back to high. And I'm like, no, that that's not how this works. But uh, Newton, I think at the major league level, if he ever did get there, he would be one of those infield versatile guys can play short third, second play all over the field. And a guy, you know, as a switch hitter, uh, I'm really not sure which side, I think he's better as a left-handed hitter for power. And he, but I think he's a natural right-handed hitter. Maybe that's what he needs to do. Maybe yeah. he needs to give up switch hitting. I don't know. Uh, also but, in 2019, it looks like he got an, a shoulder injury. So I, that's why I asked if he, there was some sort of injury that kind of derailed his progress. Yeah, I and, think it was 2021. I, I didn't think it was 2019. I thought it was 2021 because that was the year. No, that I'm he, looking at it. Uh, oh, okay. CBS Sports, so. I, I do remember him having a shoulder injury. I thought that was just last year, though. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to figure out when that injury happened. But yeah, he started the season uh, on the IL back in 2019 because of that shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and, and they were describing it as a quote unquote minor shoulder injury. But I don't know, man, shoulder injuries and hitters, not a good recipe for yeah. success there. So uh, also uh, you mentioned him as a shortstop. That's how Fangraphs has him. But over at CBS, in terms of fantasy for position eligibility reasons, he's listed as a second baseman. So that's what yeah, he, he, he's played all over the field. Um, and 20 or so far he's played 20 games at shortstop in 2022. Yeah. Um, one at second base in 2019, he played a lot of second base. Granted, you have to think that the guys that have come up through the Mets system at shortstop in the last three years, he was on these rosters when guys like Andres Jimenez was coming through. Ronnie Mauricio was coming through. So he was Newton was the guy that got shifted off so that these guys could play their primary positions. And and he did, he and he did it well and he can yeah. still play shortstop. And really quick just to uh get the scouting report out this is again this is the 2021 report 
uh, low hit tool compared to uh, a guy of his pedigree, but the power is where it's at. Game power is still, still a work in progress, but can go as high as 50. The raw power can go as high as 70. So that's yeah, it, it's all about that six four frame. Like it's yeah, exactly. Like it, it's so enticing. And usually I don't fall for these guys. Uh, but this was a guy that before I, I knew any better, I, I saw his numbers in 2017, 2018. I was like, wow, he walks a lot and he's 6'4 and he could hit for a bunch of power. And I just fell in love with the profile. And I, I guess he burned me and I, I stayed away from a bunch of other guys like that. And But here I am. I'm, I'm coming back around on Shervy and Newton. Uh, well, and the speeds is 50 50, but then has never translated to stolen bases. So I wonder what that's about. Uh, I think it's one of those he has like the, the good top end speed. But um, oh, it's hard to get that six four frame chugging from a standstill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the acceleration uh, is not as quick as some other guys. Like a, you can imagine, like a guy like D Gordon who's able yeah. to just boom, uh, <laughs> boom, right. In uh, a future value forty here, but again, that's the twenty twenty one report, and this is uh, what uh, Sean had to say about him. Uh, besides all the things that he did say about him, he's all for the current minor league level, but he's a Curacao native. I, I, I was wrong. He was actually born in the Netherlands, but he did grow up in Curacao. Uh, okay, so Dutch, he's a Dutch native, yep. uh, Curacao native. I mean, he's from Curacao. Third year in A-ball, like you mentioned, high risk, high reward. Yeah, I mean, with with the raw projections that, that Fangress has and all the things that you mentioned, it definitely could uh, be someone, a, a sneaky pick, right? Someone that no one expected to come. Uh, Late-blooming prospect, right? So, and, and he's like a, the complete afterthought after so many down years. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what this show's about. We want to give guys who people might, might have forgotten, the Luis Garcias, the Jonathan Indias of the world, there another look, kick of the tires, right? Um, but no, this is, a, like I said, I love these. Uh, next week, we're going to do the minor league pitchers, the same format, two AAA players, two AA players, one in high A and one in A ball. Uh, as uh, We're just trying to figure out, all right, who's coming up next? Because uh, waiver wires, I mean, we talk about it, Sean. It's it's thin. I, I talked to you about how... I had to pick between Hayson Kim and um, and see if I can make room for Tyler Wells. Well, the other option would have been a guy like Sheldon Noisy, who last week's show or was it two weeks ago? We were not all three of us were not very high on him. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he's been struggling of late again too. I think right? Didn't he strike out like twice or three times the, in the oh, previous game? I don't something, know. <laughs> something, something stupid like that. So I mean, the, the high strikeouts are come are rearing their ugly head once again for Sheldon Noisy. So. Why not uh, keep an eye on Michael Bush and see if he gets called up and maybe the Dodgers will uh, give him some regular playing time or better yet, Sean, maybe he'll get traded. Maybe. Yeah. So quick, quick question before we, we sign off here. Go ahead. Let, bring it back to the baseball life uh, fantasy uh, dra- uh, fantasy league. What did you think of the trade? The, the first blockbuster of the year. Oh my god, it's so unnecessary. Why? Why? You see, and it's funny because I'm not even the big Bo Bichette guy. I, I've when anytime we talk about him, I'm usually the low man on him. Yeah. But for I those know. that don't know, uh, I traded away Anthony Rizzo, Spencer Torkelson, Corey Seager, and Blake Trinan, and I received back Bo Bichette, Michael Kopech, Stephen Kwan, and Trey Mancini, who has since been dropped. Uh, I don't know. I, I I put it out on Twitter and it got pretty favorable 50 50 great deal on both sides. Um, but it was one of those, the people that did pick Bichette, they said, you know, you go with the best player in the deal. And even though I don't think Bichette could be the best player in the deal, I know that he is, you know, consensus best in the deal. And of course, Andrew probably got his best outing from Bichette the week 
that 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 second through the fifth, Bichette went out there and had uh, let's see, right right after he traded him, it would have been yeah two hits on the second, two hits on the third, uh, one hit on the fourth, and then three hits on the fifth. So right as Bo Bichette's getting hot, the, the trade was already locked in. And uh, we'll see if hopefully I can keep Bo Bichette going hot. And then we'll have Bo Bichette, Jose Ramirez, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. I know you I know you got Soto and Guerrero, but I'm, I'm feeling a little toasty over here. Yeah, you should feel toasty. I mean, I, I think this was a steal for you. I mean, no disrespect to Andrew, but this is uh, – you got two first basemen back. Although I didn't realize that Torkelson was now uh, qualifying at third base, so I guess. But that's still – I mean, because a big thing for, for Andrew was that he was looking for hitters. And he gets Anthony Rizzo, who Anthony Rizzo was like leading the league in hitting. Like he was one of the best hitters in uh, yeah, April. We saw it, it was a okay. sell high. It was a sell yeah. high buy low, and that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, for you, it ended up being a yeah. sell high. But I mean, we've seen Anthony Rizzo been not himself the last two seasons either. But Rizzo like, in in New York, if he gets comfortable, that's like that is with his contact ability could be a perfect fit in Yankee Stadium. I yeah. just wanted to bring up the uh, the the biggest blockbuster. In the first episode back since it's so, happened. Hold on. We're talking about a guy uh, uh, in terms of potential, but he's already 32 years old. We know what Rizzo is at this point. Yeah, but in Yankee in Yankee Stadium. Uh, come on. It's stuff like that. It, 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 what, so what? So his high was 32 home runs in 2017, right? Or it, the 32 home runs was always his cap when he was playing at Wrigley Field. So what? We're going to suggest at 32 years old, he's going to hit 45 home runs. He's going to hit more than that. Uh, 32 home runs one of these days. What are we talking about here? I mean, I, mean, I want to see. You said his high was uh, in 2017? 2016 as well. Okay, 20. was it both 32 each time? Uh, 2014. 2014, 2016, 2017. So let's just call it uh, uh, 32. I, the, the expected home runs for baseball savant only goes back to 2019. Darn. Oh, okay, darn. Uh, but before that, if you just want to look at recent history, I mean, he his number his uh, home run power was already dropping in 2018 with 25, 2019. Uh, with 27, uh, and his batting average went down as well. But it might have to do with the shift. And this is a keeper league, so maybe when the shift goes away, maybe you'll you'll see some decent numbers again. But the other concern was his on-base percentage. And one thing that we love Anthony Rizzo for, that was dropping as yeah. well. Well, so, it, it, in 2021, which, of course, he did spend the last couple of months in New York, uh, he hit 23 home runs. His expected home runs by Park, if all of those home runs had come in Yankee Stadium, which obviously we, we know they won't because he only plays half his games there. His expected home runs by Yankee Stadium, 32. That's plus nine. So let's give him another four and a half home runs. He's already off to a hot start this year. I don't know. I, I think he's a, a guy that could age very gracefully nah, in Yankee Stadium. I don't think so. I think uh, there was concerns about him from the get-go and – uh, it's only going to be masked by the idea that he's at Yankee Stadium. Meanwhile, Spencer Torkelson. Okay, so Spencer Torkelson, we all like them, but he's a work in progress. Uh, if if if, if we weren't again, resetting, if we weren't resetting after next year, uh, I wouldn't have traded him. I, I wouldn't have made this deal. But I, I figured, hey, Torkelson, he'll have a couple of years to get the the kinks out of everything. And if I really like him, then I'll just draft him next. That that. But Andrew was looking for bats. He was looking for bats, and he went for a, a guy who's still trying to figure things out in the and major got, league level. He, and he got Rizzo and Seager. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so. And who, who, who's the other guy? Trinan, yeah. Trinan was like, Trinan has a shoulder injury, and I, yeah. I, that, I don't know why he did that. <laughs> well, it, no, it, it, this was before, um, because the, they've had, like, two or three announcements of Trinan. The first one was right after he got put on the aisle. They said, it'll be a minimum stay. And then the second know. one was, was uh, hold on, Sean. It's a shoulder injury to a guy who 
is over 30 years old and <laughs> is a power pitcher. It, it, those are red flags. I know. Okay, fine. I, I, well, I wanted a closer. Uh, but in this league, you can also get a guy who gets holes. I mean, I know Blake trying to get through both, but yeah. If you wanted a, a relief pitcher, just come come after me. I'm 40. No, come after me. I have nothing but relief pitchers helping. Uh, well, not, not helping me so far, but my team is. <laughs> that sounded on. so sad. Not helping me right now. <laughs> uh, my team is many things, but that uh, they're not living up to expectation. I, that that I will say for sure. But one thing I do have is I know how to pick my relief pitchers, and I do have pitching. It's just not. It's the hitting that's letting me down this year, uh, but. Come to me. I have relief pitchers. You want a relief pitcher? I will give you one gladly. <laughs> that is not needing an MRI again this weekend <laughs> because they don't know what the hell's wrong with his shoulder. All right. And then Corey Seager off to a very slow start. So again, that's the the. Uh, I mean, but Bichette was off to Seager's off to a better start than Bichette was. But, but again, okay, so you're training two guys, you, and 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 Bichette is much younger. And I know it doesn't matter because we're resetting after next year, uh, 2024. But again, Bichette's the younger piece. And he's the more dynamic piece at this point of his career. Not that Seager isn't, but come on, Seager does have to, his limitation, especially in a big ballpark like uh, like Texas now. It, it just screams that, well, I wanted to make a trade just to make a trade. And I don't see how – maybe maybe these guys will turn things around and, 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 and what's his face? Uh, Andrew will be the beneficiary of all that. But to me, it just seems like a trade just to make a trade. And, and then you end up – I, 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 I almost did a – I almost didn't make it, honestly. I, I was very – I was like, eh. Well, eh. I think you won this trade pretty hands down here. You got the guys that you wanted, except for Bichette, but it seems like, you know, Bichette and C are going to be a wash. And then, what, Michael Kopech? It was funny. Yeah. I I had originally asked – I had looked at his roster when I was working out the offer, and uh, I was like, oh, he has Edwin Diaz. I could use Edwin Diaz. Then I looked at Michael Kopech, and I was like, uh, I, I really like Michael Kopech, too. And I was like, well, let me let, let me ask for Diaz. I was like, I, I really don't need starting pitching right now. Uh, I asked for Diaz, and he says, uh, how about Kopech instead? And I was like, you got yourself a deal. <laughs> oh, my God. How about Kopech instead? Like, I know I, I've been pretty down on Kopech this entire time, but it, it seems like he is. I think that was little, Andrew knowing I liked Kopech, too. So, yeah. But it, it seems like he's little by little figuring things out and strengthening that shoulder and, and a lot quicker than I imagined. Because it's not like he's pitching three innings. He's pitching four or five innings and, yeah. and, and really trying to get that show. And he's still striking out a lot of guys. What is it? Uh, how many strikeouts he has? He has uh, bu- 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 23 strikeouts in 23 innings. I mean, God damn, that's more than I expected from him. That's high-end expectations for me. Like, at least give me a strikeout per inning and, uh, <laughs> if he could. And he's doing it. He's not, well, I'm learning how to pitch again. I'm trying to – so I'm not – I'm going to just limit myself <laughs> to how many strikeouts. No, he's going out and getting the strikeouts that we expected him to get. So good for him. And I don't like Trey Mancini at all. So I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Mancini was just I, I think just to even out the, the the players. I I went and I picked up Rowdy Tellez. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, but you got the guy that you always wanted. You got Stephen Kwan as well. So I, yeah, I don't. Know. Well, I just, granted, I, I can't even play Stephen Kwan anywhere. Like that, that's the the disappointing part. Stephen Kwan's just going to set up my bench. <laughs> yeah, making a trade just to make a trade. I, I really wish Stephen Kwan could play second base. Can Stephen <laughs> Kwan play second base, please? Maybe I should send. Uh, Whoever their GM, Antonetti. I'll send Antonetti a, a, a email. We, I would love that. <laughs> a left-handed throwing second baseman, Sean. Is, is he? It, is he a left-handed thrower? Yeah, you don't know nothing about baseball. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, so, I didn't know he was a left-handed thrower. Yeah, he's lefty-lefty. Oh, okay, he is, he is lefty-lefty. Bats left-handed for your mad dog magicals over there. Speaking of magical, last night 
for Mother's Day a celebration at my mom's house, we saw Encanto for the first time and saw the Familia Madrigal. Oh, there actually. you go. So that by by proxy of association, does that make your team part of the Madrigal family, or is it just Nick Madrigal who's part of the Madrigal? Family? Hey, I'll just say this: magical things are going to happen for my team this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are those are your final words there. Sean? Th- th- those were the final words. That was the best I got. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we'll be back for our minor league uh, pitching review next weekend. For Sean, I am Felipe. Have a wonderful Mother's Day, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Adios.